Fasten your seatbelts. It's going to be a bumpy night. You don't understand. This is a liar. How can you think that I'm her dad, but we both look exactly the same age? We do not look the same age. I was being kind. Wait, I'm going to hypnotize him. I hereby christen this mutton Barbie camper Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. Hello and welcome to this episode of Pop Goes the Tam Tam. For this episode, we will be continuing the theme of the potential Russell T Davis Doctor Who expanded cinematic universe. I can't believe I got that out without taking a breath. (laughs) And presenting to you our ideas for a potential master miniseries. And when I say us, That's correct. I am joined by a very special guest. Announce yourself, special guest. Hi, it's me, Tamsin's mum. That's right. Tamsin's mum is back for series three of Pop Goes the Tam Tam. I am. (laughs) (laughs) What more can I say? Well, what more can you say? Now, I need to do a check-in with you because Cohort Corner demand this of me. How are you? I'm fine. Great. So this episode is going to be laid out a little bit differently because Tamsin's mum and myself have done some original brainstorming slash writing and put together a synopsis for this potential series. As an adolescent in the academy on Gallifrey, a young rebellious master joins a secret society alongside his best friend, the Doctor. During a ceremony, the pair witness an event that will change their lives forever and possibly end the universe. The Master miniseries follows John Sim, Michelle Gomez and Sasha Dewan as they team up across their various timelines to discover who is killing members of this former society. Along the way, they interact with the Rani, three versions of Romana and various companions of their former BBF, the Doctor. Told over 10 episodes, this is a murder mystery of intergalactic proportions. That's the synopsis for the potential miniseries. But before we get into any more detail, let's talk about why we think a master spin-off would be a good move for the Russell T Davis expanded cinematic universe. Take a breath. (laughs) I've got puff listening. (laughs) I feel like I need oxygen. (laughs) So let's get into it. I think we both agree that we are tired of seeing the master pop up over and over again as the Doctor's nemesis. Uh, Yeah, it's just boring now, I think. It's a very tired format. We need to put a bit of zip into it to make it interesting again. Yeah, and I think especially since when you look at the Michelle Gomez ending of Missy, it felt like such a perfect, complete story to actually let that character go on. The fact that the character stabbed themselves in the back and then shot themselves yeah. rather than go back to the doctor, rather than let the doctor know 
that they were coming back for them. It just feels perfect for the character because they're such a self-saboteur. Absolutely. And it was just a perfect circle for where they're going, where they're always going. Yeah, and it was expected and unexpected at the same time. Yeah, because I honestly thought that Missy would get back to the Doctor. Yeah, I did too. And the fact that what stopped them was themselves in the guise of John Sims' master Mm. was a touch of genius. It really was. How long do I have? Oh, I was precise. You were able to make it back to your TARDIS, maybe even get a cuppa. Although, it might leak a little. And then regenerate into you. Welcome to the sisterhood. Missy, seriously, why? Oh, because he's right. Because it's time to stand with him. It's where we've always been going and it's happening now, today. It's time to stand with the Doctor. No. Never. Missy! I will never stand with the Doctor! Yes, my dear, you will. Don't bother trying to regenerate. You got the full blast. (laughs) (laughs) You see, Missy, this is where we've always been going. This is our perfect ending. We shoot ourselves in the back. And like you said, there's something really sad about the character of the Master. Oh, very sad, yeah. And this just amplified that and just really brought home the sadness of this character who's trapped, never able to say I'm sorry, never able to declare their real feelings for the Doctor. Because I think it would be very easy to see the relationship with the Doctor and the Master as an unrequited love story from the perspective of the Master. Because if we think about it, the Master always recognises the Doctor and the Doctor never really recognises the Master. Until it's too late. Until it's too late, yeah. I mean, the Master basically has to say, it's me! I'm the problem! (laughs) To quote Taylor. Call me. Well done. What's going on, Doc? I don't know. You best take a look out the window. How's your house out there? A bit wicked witch of the West. But you get the gist. Maybe. Maybe not. That's my name, and that is why I chose it. So satisfying. Doctor, I I did say look for the spy master. Or, Or should I say spy master. And the fact that in that final outing, we would have seen Missy coming back for the Doctor to die with the Doctor is a declaration 
that the master couldn't do would rather die than do and that's where i feel we should always leave the master yeah and i I agree with that completely doing that letting missy go and the master go like that doesn't mean you're never going to see that master ever again because in throughout time and space he's still there somewhere yeah i completely agree doctor who is a behemoth It is the closest thing to a soap opera that there is on TV that isn't a soap opera. And it is going to be so hard to give satisfying endings when it eventually ends, if it ever actually ends, for the Doctor. However, that was a really, really satisfying ending for one of the main antagonists, one of the main characters of the series. And like you said... Just because Missy dies in that field doesn't mean we won't see her again. No. There is no definitive information that Sasha Dewan's master is regenerated from the Missy character. Absolutely not. We do not know. After Johnson went down in the lift, we have no idea if he regenerated into Sasha Dewan or into Michelle Gomez. I would like to to think that Sasha Dewan... And his interactions with the 13th Doctor were a prior regeneration of the Master. I'd like to think that too. And I'm going to add more. If it turns out that Neil Patrick Harris is playing some version of the Master, I am going to scream into a pillow. Me too. (laughs) It's just not on. It's boring. Nobody wants this. However, although neither of us see a future at the moment in Doctor Who for the Master, a spin-off is where we both think it's at. And that's why we've put forward our idea for a synopsis. And in a world where the TV at the moment feels like it's saturated with alternate realities and multiverses, the idea behind this synopsis is to tell a story using yes a complicated timeline but primarily time travel and that the use of time travel will enable Gallifrey to become a main player in the story and that we'll learn more about Gallifrey that way because although Gallifrey may or may not still exist in the past it does It does very much exist. You know what I feel about this? That I think it's important to to go down that road. And it would make it interesting and a lot more real, I think. Less claustrophobic. Less singular. Yeah, I'd just love to see it. Well, let's be honest. In a series that involves a lot of time travel... There are so many caveats on the time travel that you can actually do. You can't go back to this point. You can't go beyond this. And it's like, why do you have a time machine if there's so many places you can no longer visit? It's so frustrating. (laughs) It's trying to use physics to explain something that isn't possible. So why bother to explain it in the first place? And I mean, in this master spin-off, the truth could be revealed the reason why the Doctor says he can't visit all these places 
is because they're not very good at time travel. <laughs> they're just, I mean, we know that the Doctor can't really use the TARDIS very well. And <laughs> it's really hit and miss. There's that, I always take you where you need to be. Really? Really? In this, we could actually see time travel as it's meant to be done. So, as discussed, this miniseries would star all of the most recent incarnations of the Master slash Missy. And on the poster, we would have John Sim, Michelle Gomez, Sasha Dewan with Derek Jacobi. (laughs) But within that, we also need a younger person to play an early incarnation of the master because I think what we can do in this miniseries is explore the character of the master in a way that has only ever been touched on before in the main series because the main focus of the main series is the doctor Hmm. but here where the focus is the master we can actually see things from their perspective for a change. And most interestingly is that we could see that early formative relationship between the master and the doctor and why it is so important to both characters. I think this would add an awful lot to the story. It would be really nice to see how their friendship sort of started to burgeon and why it became so important because we don't know that do we no we've got hints i mean i know that there was an original script knocking around in the i think it was peter davison era where they suggested that the master and the doctor were brothers that's right that's a bit far-fetched it's a horrible idea really horrible idea so there have been various incarnations of their relationship or rough ideas of what it is but nothing's ever been confirmed no episode one would cold open on gallifrey with the master and an unidentified doctor crashing the meeting of this Gallifreyan secret society and accidentally becoming members. At the end of Act 1, it would be revealed that the unidentified Gallifreyan teen that's been hanging around with the Master is the Doctor. And we've had some conversations around casting. We have. And I've put forward two actors from Heartstopper to potentially play the Master and the Doctor. So the first is Sebastian Croft, who would be playing a young version of the Master. He plays Ben Hope, the antagonist of Heartstopper. And playing the Doctor would be Rhea Norwood, who plays Imogen in the same series. Why are you in the movie play? Because you're supposed to be my boyfriend. But instead, you've got some sort of obsession with Charlie. What are you trying to say? I don't know why you're obsessed with Charlie. And to be honest, I don't even care. All I know is you're a terrible boyfriend and I deserve better. I'm breaking up with you. Your energy's off. 
You're not mature, and clearly you have some issues that you need to resolve before you're ready to be in a relationship. And I'm not going to wait around for you. I think it's time I focus on myself. If you don't want to be with me anymore, that's fine. Now, initially, you were a bit concerned. You had some misgivings about casting the Doctor so early in the regeneration cycle as a girl. But no, I think it's brilliant. I really do. I think it's absolutely brilliant. Well, I think it's a good idea because A, it sort of is a callback to if they're going to pick up the potential Timeless Child story because there are lots of versions of the Doctor that we have never met. Secondly, I think it picks up a really interesting conversation that the 12th Doctor and Bill had at the end of series 10 which was where the doctor was laying out his relationship with the master and how the master had been his first man crush and that time lords aren't caught up in the same gender specific politics that humans currently are she was my first friend always so brilliant from the first day at the academy so fast, so funny. She was my man crush. I'm sorry? Yeah. I think she was a man back then. I'm fairly sure that I was too. It was a long time ago. So, look, time was a bit flexible on the whole like, man-woman thing then, yeah? We're the most civilised civilization in the universe. We're billions of years beyond your petty human obsession with gender and its associated stereotypes. But you still call yourselves time lords. Yeah, shut up. Get here. We had a pact. Me and him. Every star in the universe. We were going to see them all. But he was too busy burning them. I don't think she ever saw anything. And you think that if she did, she'd change? I know she would. I know it. And with that in mind, I thought it would be interesting if the Doctor was misremembering their own gender, that at that point in time, they had been outwardly presenting as a girl and that the Master at that time had been presenting as a boy. Mm. The thing is, we don't really know how uh, Gallifrey and C, male, female, whatever, because as he says in this speech to, to Bill, they're billions of years past what humans see as male and female gender stereotypes. So how they see it is, is not how we see it. And when you're that old, trust me, <laughs> you forget things. It's that easy. Yeah, it's very easy to forget who you used to be. It is. I mean, I'm in my 30s and sometimes I find it hard to remember when I was a teenager and sometimes it comes back to me in like a flood of emotion. I remember it suddenly and it's like, oh, how did I ever cope? (laughs) What we see is how important it was that he hasn't forgotten that, that this is the most special individual he's ever encountered or will ever encounter and that can't change. Yeah. We've discussed the master at length, but now I thought we could talk about 
some of the supporting cast. Since this takes place from the master's anti-hero perspective, everything that we see as good, they will see as bad. And that's where the companions and the Romanas come in because they are some of the antagonists towards the master. Because this is the 60th year of Doctor Who, but to be honest, when this would go into production, it'd be like 61 or 62. But the <laughs> the important thing would be that we want to recognise the iconic history of the show. Mm. So we've picked companions who had a direct interaction or famous interactions with various masters. So straight out of the gate is Katie Manning returning as Joe Grant. You can't be you. You're you're him. The master. In the flesh. Joe Grant was one of the first companions to ever interact with the master. Yeah. And so it would be iconic to have her back interacting with John Sim or Michelle Gomez or Sasha Dewan. Mm. And it would also be a callback to what is now becoming, sadly, a vanishing cast of actors that were in those early days yes. of the Doctor. So the Hartnell era, the Triton era, and the Pertwee era. And the character of Joe Grant perfectly embodies that. We also considered Ace, played by Sophie Aldred. Obviously, she came back for the centenary special mm. with a big splash. Ace! Should I say Dorothy? the doctor ditch you yeah little fallout with your machiavellian maestro last time i saw you you were half cat man's allowed to experiment she is my favorite companion of all time she is isn't she i would love to see her back but more than that she had so many interesting interactions with the master and it would be really interesting to see them go back at it again yeah With Joe and Ace, we would be covering the first era of Doctor Who, the, what would you call it, flop era, sadly, of the 1980s. Okay. For the revival, I thought, Dr. Martha Jones, just like Joe, just like Ace, she had a huge storyline with the Master, and she has got real beef with the John Sim incarnation i would love to see them go head to head (laughs) it would be so much fun fireworks what's so funny a gun what about it a gun in four parts yes and i destroyed it a gun in four parts scattered across the world i mean come on did you really believe that what do you mean as if i would ask her to kill I knew what Professor Doherty would do. The Resistance knew about her son. That's why I came to find you, now you're enemy. I told her about the gun so she could get me here at the right time. 
but you're still gonna die. Did you want to know what I was doing? Traveling the world. Tell me. I told a story, that's all. No weapons, just words. I did just what the doctor said. I went across the continent, all on my own. And everywhere I went, I found the people and I told them my story. He has saved your lives so many times and you never even knew he was there. I know him. I told them about the doctor. I love him. I told them to pass it on. To spread the word so that everyone would know about the doctor. Faith and hope. Is that all? No, because I gave them an instruction. Just as the doctor said. Use the countdown. I told them that if everyone thinks of one word at one specific time... Nothing will happen. Is that your weapon? Prayer. Right across the world, one word, just one thought, at one moment, but with 15 satellites. And something I want to talk about as well when we come to Freeman Agamemnon. So Catherine Tate is getting essentially three episodes at her own mini-series with the 14th Doctor. And people are already talking about Billy Piper returning to do Defender of Earth. Nobody has really mentioned Freeman Agamemnon, which to me is a crying shame because not only was the character really interesting, the character had one of the best departures of any era she self-actualized in a way that companions so rarely do. She found her voice within her family group and she also put her own needs first above traveling in the TARDIS with the Doctor because she knew she wasn't really getting that much back and she was just continuing to fall deeper in love with the Doctor and they were not able to reciprocate the feelings. And it's so powerful she puts herself first and to have her come back with all of those years that she's got where she's been alien fighting herself she's come back it would be amazing to pick up with her in the future to see where she is so like if nothing else happens we have to have Freema Agamemnon back (laughs) and to tie these various eras of companions together Mandip Gill that is who I would like to come back. I would like Yasmin Khan to come back because she had such an interesting interaction with the Master. Unlike Ace, unlike Joe, unlike Martha, for a hot minute, Yaz was actually the Master's companion. Yeah. I'm going to make the Doctor a byword of fear, pain and destruction. So when people hear that name in future, they will quake. If you think I am going to let you... I am the Doctor now! which is just mind-boggling and so interesting and a relationship that deserves to be explored absolutely so those are the companions we would like brought back onto the romanas so i think we need to talk about time lords because i am so tired of the master being the only time lord We have kind of talked to death at the start of that podcast about the reasons why. But we need Romana to come back. You know, it's crazy. Yeah, Gallifrey's locked or Gallifrey's been destroyed or Gallifrey's in a cupboard somewhere chilling out. (laughs) But like you say, this is time travel, baby. And there has to be different alliterations 
of Time Lords out there in circulation because we know the doctors met themselves on multiple occasions. Mm -hmm. And if they have met themselves, it means that other Time Lords are out there as well. This is a perfect way to bring Romana back into the Hooniverse. We've talked about casting of the master, casting of a baby doctor. We've talked about which companions we want to bring back, but let's get into casting of Romana because this is where we get into slightly dangerous territory. So sadly, Mary Tam, who played our favourite incarnation. Oh, she was wonderful. Yeah, she was our favourite incarnation of Romana. Set the coordinates for Zeos. We're murderers. First Astra and now Merrick. Romana, it wasn't our idea to use the Royal House of Atreus as carriers, was it? No, but what happened to Astra was our fault. We're just pawns here to do the Guardian's dirty work. I don't like it any more than you do, but it's done. Have you set those coordinates yet? Is that all you can say? She was a living being, and now what is she a component? And Merrick thinks she's still alive. No power should have that right, not even the Guardians. We must do something. Well, you could start by setting the coordinates for Zeos. Why? Romana, you get carried away. If you don't set those coordinates, millions of people will die, and this time it really will be our fault. Have you forgotten the time loop? No, I haven't forgotten the time loop. Can't you put the new segment in? Let's call her Romana 1. Sadly, is no longer with us. And rather than use AI to puppet her corpse, which I find disgusting, personally. Me too. We thought, let's go ahead and recast that character. So we've put forward some names. Our criteria for a potential Romana one is as follows. Haughty brunettes who give off an intelligent vibe. And this is who we've put forward. So firstly, Rose Williams from Sanditon. I cannot claim to know your father's mind, Leo. Now concentrate. My eldest son is Richard the Lionheart. My younger is the king who signed the Magna Carta. Oh, far too easy. You're Eleanor of Aquitaine. Secondly, Adelaide Kane from Rain. She's an Australian actress. She played Mary Queen of Scots. To me, she looks a lot like Mary Tam. Mm. I am Mary, Queen of Scots, and I have come to my throne. We had a conversation around this because I put forward two actresses that you felt might have been a bit aged out of playing the Romana one role. And they were Natalie Dorma, who I think would make a brilliant Time Lord. Your Grace. Calling yourself king doesn't make you one. And if Renly wasn't a king, I wasn't a queen. Do you want to be a queen? No. I want to be the queen. And Michelle Dockery from Downton Abbey. With Matthew's death, all the softness that he found in me seems to have dried up and drained away. Maybe it was only over there in his imagination. Yes, I know that they're both older than Mary Tam was when she originally played Romana 1. But let's be honest, we never saw the regeneration between Lala Ward and Mary Tam. That's true. So we don't know what, how old she was when it actually happened. And people are going to now shout, but the fourth Doctor didn't really change. Yeah, well, let's forget that. <laughs> 
and let's just pretend. <laughs> just go with us on this. <laughs> Romana too has to be Lana Ward. She has to come back. We're not recasting Romana too. We are having Lala Ward back. Should we take the lift or fly? Let's not be ostentatious. All right, let's fly then. And finally, we wanted to introduce Romana 3. Dun, dun, dun. Exactly. Suspenseful music. Thank you, Chancey's mum. That's okay. <laughs> so, someone that I have always wanted to play Romana ever since we got a gender-swapped Missy is... Sean Evans, who plays Endeavour Morse in Endeavour, because I just feel that he completely embodies a sort of really sad, battered version of someone who was really, really hopeful, optimistic and arrogant, but has been through a time war, seen some stuff, and is now a hollow individual. <laughs> And the ginger. (laughs) It would be so good. It would be so much fun because I think he would do a really good job of having a little bit of what we had with Mary Tam and Lala Ward, which was this arrogant, youthful, impetuous, interesting individual who was actually quite naive. Very much so. And had to learn from the doctor and kind of earn their stripes. Whereas this would be the version of Romana who has been completely abandoned by the doctor. Mm. Abandoned and the world has burned around them. And they have managed to escape. And this is their life now. And I kind of also like the idea of Romana 3 hiding in plain sight on Earth. That's a good That's a good idea. And that they haven't had to use the fob watch. They've just gone, no, I'll just be this now. They're not hiding their identity. They're just not leaning into it at all. Yeah. And also, it gives us the potential to have a Romana spin-off off of this spin-off. <laughs> Which we would both love. Oh my goodness, yeah. Because I think, out of all the Time Lords, Romana just is so forgotten about. But the interesting thing about Romana is that she was a companion. And that's what's really interesting. And there's so many dynamics there. Yeah that you could completely lean into. And the fact that Romana would still be trying to do the right thing, even though there are odds with the Doctor. Mm. Because I think in this Romana 3 version, their relationship with the Doctor does not exist anymore and they're actually quite antagonistic towards the Doctor. I also think teaming the companions and the Romanas together, different Romanas teaming up with different companions, facing off against different masters, would be really fun and really exciting. Yeah, I agree. A great mix. Uh, No, no, not quite, sir, but you're on the right lines. Um, The chemical symbol for tungsten isn't TU, as you might expect. It's W from the German Wolframite, and potassium is in P, as you might expect, but K after the Latin Callium. And finally, because, yes, we've got one Time Lord. We've got two Time Lords. We're going to add a third Time Lord into the mix. And we are going to bring back the Rani as a guest appearance in the first episode. And we've also thought about casting for that. So we had some suggestions. 
Parminda Nagra, who obviously very successful in the United States, was in the ER for quite a long time, most famously over here, Bend It Like Beckham. Mm. You want to know a secret? You don't have to be that smart to be a good doctor. You just have to be thorough, systematic and meticulous. I'm, I'm trying. Not hard enough. You've missed glaring physical findings, overlooked critical labs, and I've been correcting your med orders all night. It's my first shift. <laughs> I realise that, but you're responsible for real people here, and I can't watch your every move. I think would bring something, a softness to the Rani that we haven't seen before. And that would be interesting. The Rani has been quite inviting because that was what we didn't get with Kate O'Mara. There was a hardness and a knowingness to her portrayal of the Rani. Whereas I could see with this version, it being much more soft and enticing. But underneath there's this, I am a psychotic scientist. <laughs> you all irritate me to death. Yes. We also thought... Shobna Galachi. Now, yes, she played Yaz's mum. But the thing is, that kind of would be a really, really nice in-joke for all of the fans who are going, hang on, Peter Capaldi was in Torchwood <laughs> and in Doctor Who. And Karen Gillan was in the same episode of Doctor Who <laughs> as Peter Capaldi. And they were different people. Why is this never addressed? Well, I mean, it was with Peter Capaldi, but not with Karen Gillan. This would be cool because <laughs> just when everything's going to shit, the Rani turns up, rescues everybody, ushers them into their TARDIS. Yaz is there. She looks there and she's like, Mum? And the Rani's like, no, but that's a story for another time. Get him. <laughs> Let's just explode all the fan forums. Okay. We'll give no context to that. Just... Make of it what you will. <laughs> I mean, we've been re-watching Star Trek Voyager and we came across the line in Star Trek Voyager with the holographic doctor when he says to somebody that he had a son and it's never addressed again. No. <laughs> so just like that, this would never be addressed again. <laughs> we've talked a little bit about the synopsis a rough version of what this would be about. We've talked a bit about the relationship between the Doctor and the Master. We've talked about casting. But let's talk about the final scenes. So, I thought perhaps we could restage Missy's death. But this time, we would have the famous whoosh-whoosh noise of the TARDIS. Maybe I've inserted it here. <laughs> Maybe not. And a voiceover from Shuti Gatwa telling her to get in the TARDIS. Angry! Because we've been friends since we were nine years old and you've abandoned me for someone that you've known for five seconds. If we don't want to go down the avenue, that that is Missy's death. Mm. It kind of opens up to say, maybe it is, maybe it isn't. Maybe they die inside the TARDIS. Maybe it makes up with the Doctor. We will never know. Or maybe in three years time we get a whole new master who's clearly a regen from missy yeah. and it's clear but the final final closing moments of this are as follows Go for it. there's a cottage 
Inside the cottage is an old woman in a chair. She is holding a cup of tea. The cup and saucer begin to violently shake. She drops the cup. From a voiceover, we hear Ian Chesterton say, there's something wrong with Susan. Caroline Ford regenerates. End credits. Look what you just made me do. 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 Look what you just made me do.